welcome to the Big Kids Book Club. A podcast about all things fictional, from middle grade to young adult. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Okay, so we are back. I mentioned before we went on our little break that we were going to be looking at some actual books now. Um, so, um, Eeny Meeny Miney Mo, Catching Nipper by Its Toe. Emma, what is your first back-to-school book? This is the book that you've read, you loved, which is set in a school or sort of loosely based around school. So the book that I have chosen for this uh, segment is one of the Gallagher Girls books, which is called I'd Tell You I Love You, But Then I'd Have to Kill You. And it's by Ali Carter, which I recently uh, discovered was an alias of um, the actual author whose name I cannot remember right now, unfortunately. We'll get it for the show notes, guys. Don't worry. But the premise of the book is it's based in a, an, an all-girls boarding school. And essentially, well, to be honest, it's the boarding school that I would have loved to go to, which is probably why it's the first book that popped to mind when you said, think about a book about school. And essentially, they're all training to be spies. So their English literature courses are about how to decipher texts. Uh, Their chemistry courses are about nuclear bombs. Their PE classes are martial arts. It's all very kind of just how to be a great female spy, which was exactly what I wanted to be at 13 and 14. Who doesn't? 24. So (laughs) I still believe in you. Don't give Um, up that dream, Emma. (laughs) <laughs> oh no, I never will. Black maybe Widow Emma 2.0, here we she, come. Maybe Emma is, and she's actually just saying she's not. You see, building the cover, you know what I mean? Look, look. Uh, see, I see your game. But I'll keep it sim. Shh, I'll keep it. Everyone, keep it secret. Shh, okay? Carry on. Sorry. So the funniest thing about this book is that you've got these... Um, the, the main character is a girl named Cammie Morgan and she's got all of this stuff. So she's training to be a spy. She's put in danger on a regular basis, you know, life-threatening situations. And she's completely calm and collected with that. And then you guessed it, all of a sudden a boy appears and it's the most petrifying thing that has ever happened. So I won't go into it much more than that, but it was just, it was such a great read at that age. Um, being at that age, you know, boys are such a new thing and kind of figuring out how you feel about them and how to tell if they like you kind of thing. It was just, it was such a funny read about how the girls could just take on all of this other stuff that seemed so serious. And then all of a sudden a boy likes you and you don't know what to do. And it's the end of the world. <laughs> oh, you know, what? I must admit when you, when you first suckered me in with the start of the title and then it was like, and then I'd have to kill you. And I'm like, oh, okay. You have my attention. But oh, yes. It is a plot twist. Oh, okay. I see. We shall have to investigate that ourselves, I think. Um, but Ramp, you are next up on my hit list. I've gone into full spy mode now. Sorry. <laughs> You're back to school. You're back to school special. But what one have you really loved, Ramp? So I think you two are probably going to know this book because it's a bit of a classic. I want to see your reactions before I, I reveal the name to the audience. Is this a book you know? Oh, yes! Absolutely. I even read it in school. Yep, same. I read this one in school as well, and I think it's an absolutely beautiful book. Um, I picked the book Skellig. The reason I picked Skellig as a school book is because it follows the main character, Michael. He's 10 years old, and 
Uh, when you think of Skellig, you think of the story of he finds some kind of creature in his garage and it's, uh, I don't want to spoil it for the for the people who haven't read Skellig, but a lot of the book is around his meetings with this strange man-like creature in the garage who's sort of mysterious. But if you really want to dig down to what the book's actually about, Michael has a, uh, a baby sister who's born prematurely and it's about him dealing with that and him being able to live his life even though that's happening. And part of that's about him going to school and him trying to just get along with his friends that just want to play football in their primary school together and him not feeling like himself when he's in school. Part of it is him being sent home from school and not being allowed to go to school because he's having a hard time and him building a friendship with Mina, uh, the young girl who lives next door, who's homeschooled. So it displays different types of, of schooling, different ways that kids learn. It displays what it's like for a young person if they're really struggling with something and they've got something else on their mind that, that makes school feel very different for them and makes what their friends are talking about and what their friends care about seem seem less sort of real than, than the world that they're living in at the time. And I also just, I think it's a, a beautiful book that for, for people of all ages, it to me is proof of the argument that children's literature is literature. It's utterly beautiful in some of its descriptions in different places. And I think, I think probably one of the strongest sort of arguments for, for the beauty of Skellig for me is I've, um, the, I have like five copies of this in my house. And the reason I do is because I've used it with grown men who've uh, recently left prison, uh, running, a, running a book uh, book club with them and they'll talk about their reactions to it. And it had men who'd recently come out of prison talking quite deeply about what they thought what they thought the creature in the garage was and what they thought of Michael's situation. And it would equally have 10-year-olds reading the story, having similar conversations. And I think it can really unite people. So I think it's a beautiful example of, of one, just what a children's book can be, but also of how a children's book, while being fantastical, can represent what it's really like for a young person in school going through a difficult sitch. Oh, I don't know where the word sitch came from. I'm not sure I ended up with sitch. <laughs> that was just me being cool and down with the kids because I was talking <laughs> oh, about a kid's book. 100%, you nailed oh, it. Oh, you're doing so well. Go I definitely well. think, looking at myself, I'm someone who can pull off the word sitch. <laughs> I'm going to start my next one with the word yo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got that to look forward to. I do agree. Uh, Skelly, it has been many moons, many, many, many moons since I've read it. But it's it stuck with me. All this time, I even remember, is it Chinese or is it Indian food, the creature? It's uh, Newcastle brown ale and Chinese food and, and Skellig likes a particular number. I, it's, I mean, that is stuck in, in my brain, maybe 20 years since I've read it. Do you know what? Now that you've said that about the Chinese food, I, I, again, I don't know why, but it's just come back to me that there is a very descriptive sentence about the juices like dripping from his mouth and down his chin. And I can't believe that that's just come back into my head. Still there. Yeah. There's this scene where they look after, um, I think it's owls that come into the barn and they find the, the pellets that the owls uh, regurgitate. And I remember those owl pellets. <laughs> and Emma did a face like that was quite a gross thing and it is quite a gross thing. But, um, <laughs> that, um, that scene has stayed with me my whole life. I've always thought about the fact that owls have pellets. It, there's so many scenes in the book that, it's why I'd argue it as, as really beautiful literature. I mean, Emma, you mentioned a few books before. You mentioned uh, Great Gatsby alongside a few others. I think Skellig stands 
genuinely alongside those in terms of just for for lack of a better term just sort of sheer beauty oh no i completely agree with that i see we've got a lot of head nodding going around um for my for my book i'm gonna i'm gonna bring the tone back down (laughs) as i often do probably not as beautifully literate in this book but i had a very childish giggle on a public airplane (laughs) when reading this several times which had the passenger next to me i me quite a few times during the flight and my book is kid normal by greg james and chris smith you might know them from radio i don't know why i did northern there but the the radio (laughs) So from Radio 1, I think it is that those two are, are radio presenters on. Anyway, Kid Normal is about this kid called Murph. He's gone to a new school in a new town because his mum's got another new job. And it's like the fourth school in four years. And I think it starts off with, you know, him just going through the motions of like, ah, oh, it sucks because the first school he left, he had this. It starts off brilliantly because it starts off. He has a T-shirt, you know, like when you sign the kid's shirt when you leave school. And the first school has like a gajillion signatures like we miss you and then the second school is less and the third school you know by the third school he hadn't bothered trying so you know it's just like he had like three signatures on the last shirt but he ends up in the new town with new school well he tries to find new school but they can't find new school his mum gets desperate they happen to chance upon a school really randomly turns out it's a school for superheroes only problem is mirth has no superpowers so oh um, no Hence why uh, he is kid normal amongst all these superheroes or soups um, and with amazing abilities or capabilities called capes. And yes, stuff happens and you have to read the book. It's, it's perfectly middle grade. It is, it's silly. There's, it's got that quirky middle grade style of narration. I loved it. There's some very childish jokes in there. Like I said, I love them too. But it, like I said, it was set around... Like I said, there is the, the stronger theme of actually like Murph is trying to find a place to belong. And actually towards the end of the book, it looks like he's going to move again. And he's had all, he's actually met loads of new friends and he's doing really well at this superhero school, even though he's got no superhero powers. And there's a big powerful message where he's just like, he, he sort of falls back into his shell where he's just like, you know, what's the point of him going to school? I'm only going to move again. He's feeling quite low, but um, really cool, really quirky, really funny and silly, perfect middle grade for kids who Maybe, you know, they might see something of themselves in there or they might just be like, yeah, I want to go to the, you know, we're talking about schools you want to go to, go to superhero school. So, um, so they're the ones we've read and we really love. Now, like I said, we've got loads of school based um, stories that we could explore. And I'm sure we've got one or two that we have our eyes on. So Rab, well, again, we'll flip this and we'll go in reverse. So Rab, if I come to you, so now we're, we're going back to school uh, with a book that we want to read in a school setting, one that we're excited about. Just before I go um, into my book, the, the one you've just talked about, you know what it's reminded me of really well? Um, Captain Underpants. Oh, Captain Underpants yes. was such a funny series. Yes. With the, the headmaster of the school who, who had the superpower that at any point he could just turn into to Captain Underpants click, and start going around. And fingers, the yep. But he used to have, the kids would go and rewrite it. It would have like a whiteboard out in front of the school. You know, one of those where there's the different letters on it. And it always spells something at the start of the story. And the kids would run past it and rearrange it. So it said something Pinky, like pants, some yep. kind of little rude joke. Just in terms of funny series, I've got so much time for Captain Underpants. Do you know what, Marcus, when you started introducing that book, I was expecting you to pick up Captain Underpants. And I was quite surprised when you didn't. It was, it was, it was a tough, because I have all the Captain Underpants because George loves them. So my, uh, my 10 year old sign up, so he loves Captain Underpants. Uh, but it was, I think it was because I really, I mean, I've only read this probably about 
two weeks ago. Yeah, I came back from Cyprus two weeks ago. I read it all on that one flight. So four hour flight, I just, it was, you know, perfect. And I think just because it was fresher in my mind, but yeah, I've got all of the Captain Owen pants. We've read them all together. They are incredibly silly and childish and beautiful for that. <laughs> and that's, we can talk about that in a while. Sorry, Rab. Uh, great point. So um, I will admit I cheated slightly on this one. This might be why I started trying to distract you with Captain Underpants. Oh. So this is supposed to be a book we're looking forward to. And I will admit this is a book I've read. <gasps> uh, it is a recent book. It came out in 2018. It's by Mallory Blackman, who you might recognize Ooh, as the young yes. adult author of Knots and Crosses. Yeah. But it's actually a middle grade book by Mallory Blackman. Um, and it's called A Dangerous Game. Uh, something I really like about it as well is it's got the, the sticker on the back that says this book is also super readable. So it's a good it's a good book for the middle grade age, but it's deliberately written in a way that it's easy to read if you're a, someone of the, uh, the primary school age who struggles to read. But the content is still based for that age, because if you have easy reading books, but their content is based for younger than your age, then, then th- those kids who are struggling to read aren't going to enjoy it because it's not going to be based around what they want to be reading about. So it does that beautiful balance of that it's for primary school kids, but if they struggle to read, it's, it's a bit of an easier read than some of the stuff they might be reading. The, the plot of A Dangerous Game is it's about a main character called Sam, and he's got a illness called sickle cell anemia. It's a blood disease that means uh, if he's being very active, uh, his energy can really go down. And it's about he wants to get to go on the school trip, but his parents are very protective and uh, very worried about him being anywhere without them. And he manages to convince them to let him go. Because he struggles with this illness, he does get bullied a little bit as well. I think one of the reasons I really like the book, though, is the bullies aren't just two-dimensional characters. I think it's always worth remembering that bullies are kids too, and they're likely to have their own situations. They're going to have their own struggles. They might have um, might not know that they're bullies or might um, not perceive themselves in that way. So it, it really addresses that quite nicely. And among the bullies, essentially, he ends up on a school trip with them where his group is him and the three people who've been picking on him. And you see that there's differences between the different people who have been picking on him and they start to form a friendship as they go. And maybe I just love it when people don't get along at first, then friendship builds. Uh, but that is really sweet. There's, there's lots of funny moments. The, uh, the kids that have been picking on Sam, essentially they want to, to get back to the camp first on their school trip. So they, they edit the map with the adult that's supposed to be with them. And rather than having the safe path they're supposed to be following, they go, they plow straight through the forest. And this, this ends up at all sorts of issues like falling in a river together and stuff. And Sam manages to become, become the hero. And it's, it's just lovely and it's sweet and it leaves you feeling happy. And again, I guess there's been a theme to my two. It has that focus to it of, of a young person who's got reasons they might find school a bit more difficult. But it has that really fantastic thing of the friendships do build. They become the hero. You get the happy ending. You walk away feeling happy. It's just, it's a lovely book. And the reason I pick it as a book I'm excited about is it's just come out in 2018 as well. So I think there's probably lots more people due to read this who who won't have read it yet as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm listening to this and all the things I'm like, mm, yep, yep. I mean, I loved uh, Noughts and Crosses. So I think Mary Blackman is definitely someone, if I hear she's written something, I'll be like, hang on. Let me at least check that out. The premise sounds amazing. Yeah, and I really like the the way, because it's almost like the, the bullies into friends and stuff like that. It's almost a, a sort of a, 
uh, hate to love where you get in like YA and that's a, another trope I love. So the idea of like, you know, like this, like you're not getting along and then the friendship grows out of it because we've actually got more in common than we realize it's that's awesome source. So I am all for that. I don't believe in monsters. I don't, I like, I like a humanized antagonist. I like it when, when you see that there's, that people are people. I don't like the people to be just a baddie and, and it does that nicely. Yeah, unless it's like a Disney villain and they can just be evil because evil sake. Because they can. Because they because can. Because they're cool. Yeah. Like, but, like the Disney villains, like if you look at it, Scar or someone, it's fine to be evil because it's so cool. <laughs> He's the kind of person who would use the word sitch. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I like to think I'm as cool as a Disney villain. That would be quite good. You'll see when my fans come out in song. Oh. Brilliant. <laughs> before we do break out spontaneously into song or try to um take over the the world emma what is your back to school special that you're looking forward to reading not have actually sneakily read i'm watching you rap so i can 100 percent say that i have not read this book um yeah. although i'm sure that much of the world has um and it is the hate you give by angie thomas which is obviously very pertinent right now um with everything going on and funnily enough, I was reading a little bit about the book and it actually sounds quite similar to um, a book I've recently read called Dear Martin by Nick Stone. They seem to have similar, similar storylines in that their kind of heritage, their African-American culture and kind of where they come from and the neighborhood they live in is very disparate from the school they attend which is more preppy, more kind of privileged and has a lot more white characters in it than their neighborhood, than where they live. So I'm sure I don't need to go into the plot, um, but for anybody who doesn't, hasn't heard of The Hate You Give, essentially uh, the storyline rotates around this central character, Star, who sees her best childhood friend shot uh, and killed for something that he was not guilty of um, and it was unprovoked and it goes into um, racial politics and how that all comes about. But the thing that, that really kind of stuck out to me when I first heard about this book was that there was that huge kind of difference between you know her life at home and her life at school and how she felt that she had to be a different person to on the one hand you know stay friends with her friends who were of whom the majority was white and then also stay cool with her family and her friends back in her neighborhood who were also African-American. So it was a really interesting kind of dynamic, which I'm sure so many young people are going through right now and always have been, but obviously particularly right now. And yeah, I'll just talk a little bit about the, the Dear Martin book as well, because that was a similar uh, storyline, but was also written in a very interesting way. So the reason it's called Dear Martin is because this central character voices his frustrations and his thoughts by writing letters to Martin Luther King. Oh. And so his whole thing throughout the book is he's trying to be reasonable and trying to be rational. And his whole motto is what would Martin Luther King do? So he writes Martin Luther King these letters and is trying to be a better person for that kind of great upstanding human that Martin Luther King was. And yeah, I just thought it was a really interesting dynamic of having the home life and the school life be so disparate. Yeah, I think there's, we mentioned, I think, relatability earlier on in the first segment. And I think the fact that this is so ingrained with what is going on in our world at the moment in general, people living this daily, some, you know, kids, 
hundreds, thousands of kids across America and other countries feeling, you know, maybe they are cut between two different almost worlds with a, a sort of like a school life and a home life, whether that's because of a social economic divide or racial divide. Um, so I think books like this are so necessary to sort of like voice it in a way that is, you know, proactive, but also, you know, positive. It's positive reinforcement that, you know, we have to open and address these issues in proper, uh, or what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, nonviolent, but actual affirmative action. Yeah, definitely. And again, with reading up on the hate you give a little bit, I found that it was actually banned in oh. um, certain states in the US because of, of because of the subject matter that it that it followed. And I believe some of the language used. Again, I haven't read it, so I can't comment on that. But yeah, just interesting. Like when you think about the history of banned books and you know what that led to. Yeah, yeah. So I. I, I really agree with that and i think it is definitely something to to check out and something we should be keeping ourselves aware of so awesome pick i think especially have a look for and definitely uh, on my tbr and now dear martin as well uh, I, I had heard of dear martin but actually the premise is beautiful and i definitely want to add that to the tbr now as for me uh, going uh, back to the school theme i am looking forward to kind of like what i did with <laughs> my august pick I am looking at a second in a series because as always with my way, I start a series, I love it, and I never get around to doing book two. And so I'm looking at The Vanishing Stairs by Maureen Johnson, which is book two of the Truly Devious series. Um, anyone who's read this knows it's sort of like a uh, crime thriller mystery sort of caper um, based in a boarding school of prestigious uh, boarding school up in i want to say it's either maine or vermont it's one of the sort of northeast vermont so ellingham academy it's a, a school which isn't a normal school again that would have been a great school i could have picked but i'm not smart enough to go there it's a school for like super achievers who like it doesn't matter what it is like you're into you just have to be like super into it so there's like our, our main character stevie bell is like super into solving mysteries she's like a, a big Poirot buff and she loves solving mysteries and she goes to the school and there's lots of other people there's there's a boy who's like a social media star and he's really into social media there's a girl who's really into like abstract art and she's like kooky and weird and she's quite interesting there's a girl who's like super into something sciencey I can't remember what it is but she basically is like building a reactor in the in the barn or something it's it's out there but it's this school for people who are just really into stuff. And I think we all have something that we geek over and we are really passionate about. And the idea of basically being able to go to a school and indulge ourselves in growing our knowledge and our, our understanding of something, a subject, one subject we're really super interested in is really quite cool. And the fact that actually she's into mysteries and solving mysteries and crimes, she's obviously going to try and solve a mystery. I won't leave too much more. I, like I said, I've read the first one. I really want to read the second one because the first one blew my mind and where it left it off, I was like, I have to read the second one and I probably finished Truly Devious probably about this time. It's, it was definitely sort of autumn, winter last year. So it's been a year. What am I like? But I really, really, really want to read it. So um, again, setting up an academy. So it hit our criteria. I haven't read it. So it hits the criteria again. Hint, hint, Rab. <laughs> And so, and so uh, for me, yeah, The Vanishing Stairs is the second, I think there's now four books in her series. I can't remember if it's a trilogy and she's written another one, but there's definitely three in Truly Devious and I'm not sure there's Box in the Woods that's come out this year or it's coming out this year. But I love Maureen Johnson's writing style and 
stuff like that. So if you are into, I'm trying to think, it's sort of like Sherlock Holmesy, Poirot, crime mystery thrillers, but in a sort of very YA voice in a in a in a public school, in a um a private boarding school. Uh, yeah, give it a shot because it is it's really good, very fast paced as well, and it works so brilliantly between the unsolved mystery and modern day it's, it's it's cool i like it i don't know if anyone have you guys read any of it at all or heard of it at all no some shakes i have not heard of it but i do have a question Ooh, go ahead what is a four book series called because you've got a duology a trilogy is it quadrilogy oh. quad quadrology quadrilogy Illogy sounds to me like it still means three. Or is it just a series when you hit four? Do you lose, do you lose your yeah, rights to having a, an ology? Do ology and then trilogy. Oh, now this is Quadrant a question. Books. Ah, you know what? To answer this question, I'd have to go back to school. And uh, I've mentioned we're not doing that. So <laughs> we're going to quickly uh, avoid the subject. Uh, and I just... have just Googled it. <gasps> Google. It is a tetralogy. What? What? A tetralogy? No. That doesn't sound right. Reject. No, no, no. I, I'm sorry. I, uh, I reject your reality and I substitute my own. It's going to be a quadrilogy. Quadrilogy. It's going to be a quad something. Quad quadrilogy is, is also on here. So I oh. think quadrilogy will be, or a quartet, in fact. Ooh, a quartet. Also, that that quartet. makes more sense. <laughs> See, quartet's nice. It sounds sort of like... I imagine it's like Shakespeare, like writing in quartets and stuff. Fancy, I like it. <laughs> I just did. A, I just did a movement. Like I go, I swished my hand, and shame you can't see this because it was embarrassing. So thank oh, it God was you can't brilliant. See it. it was so brilliant. I wouldn't say it was embarrassing. I would say it was a, a descriptive wave of the hand, a gesticulation, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> moving swiftly along we're gonna finish up the segment <laughs> there before i embarrass myself further and we'll quickly come back to uh, wrap up the show That sounds like the school bell, which means it's the end of today's class. Uh, that is all we've got time for on today's Big Kids Book Club. I want to say a big thank you to my two amazing friends and guests. Rab, we'll first go to you. Do you want to say goodbye with any plugs to your social media? Because, of course, you're still writing that awesome book that you guys can go check out here. So, yeah, have a look at, at RabTales. That's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm just going to say, Marcus, I really liked that link about the school bell. I, that, was, that was a professional DJ style of link. Um, yeah, come to my Twitter if you're interested in uh, seeing young people-centred uh, books. So that's young adult, that's middle grade as well. If you've had your heart broken by this new Atmos Fowl film that's come out, come and, come and talk to me as well because it, it's broken mine. And yes, that's at Raptails. And Emma, all bookish uh, content. If people want to get in touch with you, they go where? They go to at Emma Keen 10 on Twitter and my Instagram I just use for me. So don't worry about that one. But yeah, just if anybody's listening and you're going back to school, I know it's going to be weird and it might be tough and it's probably not the school year you were hoping for. But, you know, we've survived this long. So just stick it out and, you know, take it from old 
us old fogies school days well for me at least they were some of the best uh and i really enjoyed them so stick at it and eventually you'll be able to do something that you absolutely love and that's what it's all about absolutely absolutely we echo them echo that sentiment here yeah and so we just go quickly sign off myself you can find me uh, i'm mainly on twitter which is at author underscore mj henson uh, but you can also find the club itself come join the club at twitter it's just at big kids book club just one big long word um you can find us all stuff there we got awesome stuff coming out uh, you might have seen our recent interview with thomas taylor author of malamanda and gargantis we've got some more author interviews coming up so excited bubbles um so please stick at it share like tell your friends if you like this we want to just try and spread the word as much as possible and uh, until next time guys keep on reading <laughs>